Okay, people, welcome to a new episode of Chin Check. It's Monday, people. So, we're going to be looking back at everything that went down yet. Well, not yesterday, Saturday night, UFC 252. So, uh, yeah, time to buckle in, people, and let's take a look at these fights. Okay, people, so it is done. UFC 252, and god damn it, this, <laughs> this was a, a, just a crazy card. So much went down. You know, we got, you know, finally we had answers to so many questions, right? So many questions got answered, but also... Also, we were left with a lot, a lot of kind of like, um, you know, quandaries, really, if you think about it. Yo, there was heartache, there was joy, it was a motherfucking roller coaster. It really, it really was. And it started off. With a great friggin' fight. Oh my gosh. And from two debuting fighters. So we had the featherweight clash between Kai Kamaka and Tony Kelly. And yo, for two guys making their debut, they just went at it. <laughs> you know, there was no feeling out process here. They just went right at each other. And the crazy thing was, it was they were basically fighting in a pocket, but both had tremendous footwork. You know, so even though they were in front of each other, like do, you know what I mean? They're they're avoiding, they're slipping, fainting. It it was insane. It was insane. Kelly had a really crisp jab. But Kamaka, his counter hook was was money. His counter hook was money. And then he started to um implement the clinch game and just the knees to the body. Oh Matt, he like he was he really started to put it on Kelly, you know, and in looking at you thinking, Kamaka had the faster hands, right, so adding the knees, and it was no wonder by the end of the first, Kelly looked, you know, he looked spent, he he looked really friggin' tired, you know, but the the crazy thing was, second round, just didn't seem... Did not seem like the same dude. He was back. You know, he, that, that, that minute was all he needed. He, he, you know, I mean, Kelly was back in it. You know, um, it was a good round. It was a better round for Kelly. You know, it was definitely a closer round when you broke it down. Um, Kamaka showed incredible balance. There's a point Kelly caught a kick 
and just pushed him back. Pushed him back to the fence, trying to, you know, get the trip takedown. But Kamaka just, yeah, just kept the balance, man, and stopped the takedown. So that was very impressive. I think um, as Kelly started to come on, Kamaka was able to just stop that momentum with a couple of good takedowns. He didn't really get a lot off, but he was able to get the takedowns that just threw everything off. Yo, he'd have done the same in the first round as well. So I think that was really good. But then in the third, man, yo, Kelly came out like a buzzsaw. You know, really going at it. I think one thing that he, he may regret was going for the guillotine. Now, because, you know, he was in a good position. He went for the guillotine and dropped down. But it's the third round. So they're both sweaty. And Kamaka was able to slip his head out. Then he's on top. Kamaka, though, I think he was definitely tiring in the third. Which... <laughs> I think, hey, the pace these dudes were going at is understandable. So he didn't really get off a lot of ground and pound. But I think when you bring everything together, you know, it, it, it was just Kamaka had given himself that edge. Right? He had given himself that edge. And hey, both were tired in the third, but they were still throwing. I mean, they were still throwing hands. It was a tremendous way to start the card. Really was. You know, it was a lot of fun. And it looks like both are definitely going to be, you know, interesting in that featherweight division. For sure. So next, we um, had our first of our heavyweight trilogy. Uh, so we started with... Um, Parker Porter against Chris Dorcas. And um yeah, Dorcas, his brother Kyle fought on the um Poirier hooker card back at the end of June. Um was that Fight Island? Hmm. No, I don't believe that was Fight Island. That was at the Apex, right? Uh and that was like yo. Yeah, after seeing Carl fight, you're just like, yo, if 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 his brother Chris is anything like that, <laughs> you know? And um Yeah, this was a good fight. <laughs> this was a good fight. Really was, man. Looking at it, so um Dorcas was the smaller of the two, right? I think Porter came in at yeah, Basically just scraped in under the heavyweight limit. You know, he was a big dude. But not like he he definitely had a little speed to him. You know, definitely had a little speed to him. And I, it looked like he was throwing with power. But being the smaller guy, you like Dorcas was able to get that movement, you know? Uh, we saw, you know, we saw Porter land a huge kick and some stiff shots, but Dulcus was putting together some nice combinations, um, and one of those combos 
which he ended with a great right, and it put Porter down. Like, um, Dorcas followed it up, but Porter was able to survive, which, hey, gotta give it to him for that, man, because, you know, it wasn't like Dorcas was throwing any pitter-patter shots, you know what I mean? But, um, problem was, you know, Porter, even though he got up, you know, Dorcas carried on with the combos and just putting together those good shots. And he came with another combo that had um, Porter in trouble. And as Porter was going down from a shot, Dorcas caught him with a knee. It was just a perfectly timed knee. And, um, yeah... That it was basically done, Yoring. Know mean? It was basically done, but <laughs> Dorcas still got off another shot before the referee could get in and um shut that one down. But man, a great win for Dorcas, man. Making his um again, both guys were making their debut, you know. So uh, be interesting to see what happens here because. Like, Porter was, man, Porter was old. I mean, Porter was, like, 35, something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, coming to the UFC at, at this point, it'd be interesting to see what they do. If they give him more fights or if that's it, you know? I think now is definitely a good time. Because, you know, COVID and everything like that. Not everyone wants to fight. Not everyone can fight. Some people got the virus. So it opens up possibilities. You know what I mean? But Dorcas, hey, he's, um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of scope for him. Um, but, yeah, the early prelims were fire. <laughs> you know, which was a um, a great little... Boost into the prelims proper So the prelims proper starts with A um, strawweight fight between Ashley Yoda And Livana Souza And this was a good fight I think the problem with this fight was I, I, I think it's Yoda's just the fact that her punches weren't as big as Sosa, right? And I think Yoda, like, she, she's a good fighter. I think at in the first round, she was a little too reckless. Like, Sosa threw a lazy punch, and Yoda just took advantage, jumped on the back. Which was smart. But she didn't get her hooks in. You know. So she slipped off. And just got hit with some heavy ground and pound. So straight away now. She's in a disadvantage. You know. Because the judges have seen Sosa do this. And that's what the big thing I feel is in their minds, you know, then, um, you know, Sosa was landing some good kicks, 
heavy hands, you know, um, now Yoda was, hey, she was keeping calm, you know, she was keeping calm, using the push kick, but she just didn't have anything big, you know, didn't have anything big to answer, in the second round, she was, you know, she was better, she really was kind of, um, winning the clinch game on the fence, but just nothing huge, right, and then in the third round, I think Yoda had a great third round, you know, really using and implementing her reach, and just an ability to, you know, keep control, you know, apply the pressure, Again, like, Souza just has some heavy hands. Just heavy hands. So, when, you know, Souza hit, you you knew she hit. You know what I mean? And, and, and you didn't get that same thing when Yoda landed. So, this was, it was a lot closer than what the judges kind of gave the impression of. Because one judge gave the fight thirty twenty seven to Souza, which no, Souza didn't clean sweep all the rounds, right? This was a really close fight, and if anyone was winning it, it's like twenty eight twenty twenty nine twenty eight. You know, what I mean? there's no thirty twenty seven here, right? Um, but yeah, Souza got the win, so, you know, really good for her, right, really good, um, yeah, really good victory for her, uh, so then we jump to the, uh, we go to another featherweight bout, we had TJ Brown against Danny Chavez, so this was Brown's second UFC fight, his first was against Jordan Griffin, because he um he came via the Contender Series, and it was Chavez's first fight. I have to say, Chavez was pretty sensational, pretty friggin' sensational in this. He 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 was. Oh man, his leg kicks were insane. He was destroying Brown's calf. Like, he put him down twice in the first round with calf kicks. Though, the way he just chopped those legs. It was vicious, man. It really was. It was just like, I don't know. Brown had just, you know what I mean, insulted his sister or something. You know what I mean? Chavez weren't playing here. Now, Brown, like, he had decent movement, right? But it, I think it was those leg kicks which were the, which were the game changer. You know, because he just, man, he just went after them. Just went after them, you know? Um, and, you know, uh, it was just like that, like, Brown, he did have moments in that first round, like, he caught Chavez with a really good right, that stumbled him, you know, towards the end of that round, but, yeah, I think, 
for the most part, it was all about Chavez. Now, in the second round, Chavez's counters. They, he was still going for those legs, but, yo, the counter shots as well. Yo, he was landing a good left, a leg kick with a hook at the end of it, which um, hurt Brown early on. Really did. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he landed a similar shot that put Brown down um, later on in the round. You know, like the thing was, like when Brown was throwing, he's only throwing single shots. You know what I mean? Where Chavez, he was just throwing combinations and putting everything into them. You know, so when it came to the third round, Chavez just continued with those leg kicks. Just, yeah. Just fucking up Brown, man. And he just... Chavez walks away with a unanimous, just a clear victory. Just a sensational victory, man. Really was. I'm going to be real interested to see... um, Yeah, you know what I mean? Who Chavez goes up against next. You know, Chavez kind of reminded me of Danny, you know? But, uh, yeah, I think he's a good addition to that featherweight division, right? So then we move, again, ladies strawweight, we've got uh, Verna Janjaroba, and she was fighting for Lise Herring, and it was just great to see Herring back in there, you know, after just everything she's been through. But this was just... It was a not, it was not the return that she wanted, because, man, Jade Europa was, she just, man, she had a fire in her, you know, she really did, um, man, it was like, Heron, you know, she got a takedown, you know, she comes out, gets a takedown, and, uh, yeah, it, like, it, it wasn't, like, it wasn't bad, right? But, um, uh, JJ Robo, she was just, I don't know, like, because you know Herring has got good jujitsu, but I think the problem, I think the big thing is, Herring isn't just straight up jujitsu. Like she came in, you know, from a, 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 a like a you know kickboxing background, right? Muay Thai background, and so she's got that. She trained with Jeff Curran. Well, she did. You know, we did found out Curran's gym has shut because of you know Corona and everything. But you know, like. Through current and everything like that, she's got a great wrestling. But Jade Roba is just straight up jujitsu, and that's what we saw. That's what we saw, just in these transitions, man. You know, because yeah, Jade Roba was, you know, once he got up, J 
JG Rover just stayed on her, gets her down, and in the transition, straight into mount, just straight into mount, she landed like a couple of elbows, and then she went for the armbar, yo, it was kind of just seamless, you know, and Felice fought the armbar, really did, but you know, JG Robo just uh, just a slight adjustment. That's all it was. Just a slight adjustment. And yeah, she gets that tap. She gets that tap. It was quick. Yo, like man, under two minutes. You know what I mean? So it was a sensational victory for JG Robo for sure. And just, ah, man, just felt bad for Herring, you know. But, yeah, you know, like, it it wasn't anything like, oh, Herring is terrible. You know, just nothing like that. It was just J.G. Rover, she, man, it was just like a hot knife on butter, you know. It's just that jujitsu. When you're like that world-class jujitsu. When you're in no sort of you know situations, man, it's it's always tough, you know, always tough. But then we go to the main event of the prelims, you know, lightweight clash. We had Vince Pichel against Jim Miller, and uh, yeah, this one, woo, this one was gonna be a fun. Right, they are both very similar, and um, man, it was a good fight. I think the big thing, the big thing that was real kind of interesting here, and Dominic Cruz, yeah, who was commentating, like, yeah, he shone some light on this because he, uh, you know, he had Pichel on his team. When he coached the Ultimate Fighter. And he said that a Pichel just has this just insane strength. Right? So, you know, when you take him down. You can't get certain positions on it. You know, because he's so strong. And because he's that strong as well. If he gets you down, it's just hard to get up. And that's what we saw. Yo, Miller. Yo, Miller, yo, he, he's great, right? And he's got good jujitsu. And we see him get Pichel down. Just couldn't implement anything. You know what I mean? That, that was a big crazy thing. Couldn't implement anything, right? And in the second round... Like, Pichel really kind of brought it on. You know, he landed like a, a head kick. Like, he was just, yeah, just, man, relentless. You know, get some Miller down and was able to implement that top game. You know, implement that top game. And 
Miller just couldn't escape. You know? His, uh, yeah. Shell was just so heavy on top. Right? So then um, we went into the third. And um, Pichelle just went straight for the takedown, you know, and just stayed heavy on top, attacking. Man, we saw some nice back and forth, though, because Miller was able to reverse, then Pichelle reversed him. You know, there was a lot of back and forth. It was fun. It was a real fun fight. But, yeah, Pichelle just showed he's a Ability and tenacity Like Miller did He locked up a guillotine Towards the end But uh Yeah Shell was able to escape that But it was a fun fight And it really just showed You know The capabilities of Shell. So um Hey it'd be interesting to see Like who he goes up against next You know I I think a fun fight would be against like him against Dariush. I think that would be fun. I can't f- remember if they fought. I don't think they have, but um, if they haven't, yeah, that would definitely be a fun little encounter. So um, hey, we'll see. I I think Dariush is probably higher ranked though, but um, maybe Pichel could fight um Trakar close. You know, because he'd be coming off a loss. So, yeah, I think that would be um, an interesting fight. But, yeah, there's a good way to end those prelims, man. Good way to end those prelims. Take us to the main card. Okay, so we start things off in the bantamweight division. Right, so we got Marab Dallas Philly against John Dobson. And I think the interesting thing here. Is um, you know, Dallas Philly is kind of like the new Dobson, but without that knockout power that we've seen, you know, Dobson implement in the past. And oh, he still hasn't lost it because he won his last fight with that knockout of Nathan Hill. You know what I mean? But you know, Dallas Philly, he takes everyone down. He just grinds people out. So, the big thing with this was, can he do that to Dobson? You know what I mean? And, hey, it started off a little tentative, right? But it then just falls into, you know, that path that we have seen time and time again when it comes with Dallas Philly. And it's those takedowns. You're just grinding people out. And it so he took you know Dobson down a couple of times. But Dobson was he just gets up straight away. I think over the course of you know the 15 minutes, Dallas Philly was only credited with, I believe, like two takedowns. Right? But he had something like 24 attempts. You know what I mean? And, hey, although, you know, he wasn't credited with 24 takedowns, right? All of that is draining. Because what it is, it's he took Dobson down. 
But Dobson gets up straight away. You know, but Dobson still has to get up. So that's still aware on him. And so we saw Dallas really do that to him in the first round. And there's a point where he, you know, Dobson has got up straight away. And Dallas Philly just sticks to him and just attacks the legs. Yo, he's kneeing the thighs, you know, other parts of the leg. And then he's kind of stomping down on the calf, kicking the calf. It was just impressive. We've never seen anyone kind of attack like that in the clinch, you know? So, hey, that was that, but then... You know, the rest of the fight, we saw Dallas Philly just be relentless. You know, not give Dobson a chance to slow, a chance to try and implement his game. You know, Dallas Philly just attacked again and again and again. You know, takedown attempt again and again and again. Like, Dallas Philly was, it was. Very impressive, you know, and I kind of feel the only what like the only thing he can do to be more impressive is you know just work out the finish, right? So whether it's trying to sit down a little bit more on his punches or just you know work out those submissions, but. Hey, Dallas Philly has got a high ceiling, I'd say. A very high ceiling. So it was a great win for him. You know? Definitely a great win. So next up, we go to the featherweight division. You know, we got uh, Daniel Pieda against Herbert Burns. You know, and we know Herbert Burns is a just a beast when it comes to jiu-jitsu. And he's had a great start to his UFC career. But in this fight, he came in three and a half pounds over. Which just, it's never good, right? It's never good. And you wonder, okay, so on fight night, what are they going to weigh? You know? But also, like, Pienda's making his comeback to the UFC. He'd been out since 2014. So, this is not an ideal situation for a return. So, it's very interesting, right? You, you're looking at this and going, how is this going to go? How's Bienda going to handle this shit? You know? Like, does Herbert have a good gas tank? Right? What's happening in this fight? And, uh, yo... We we see Pieda, he just came out and says like, you know what, fuck it. Lands a huge right. Lands a huge right. Just putting in work. Now, Burns is able to get his back and we think, oh fuck. But Pieda lands this nice reverse elbow. You know? Um so it shows us that he he's he's got you know some tricks. He's got composure. He's not worried about being in these sticky situations. And then Pieda takes him down. And we're just like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> look, looking at his career, you can see that Pieda, 
He's got good takedowns. He's got good jujitsu. You know? But there's levels to this shit. Right? And it seems... Yo, Burns has won multiple jujitsu championships. Right? So it's just like... If you're thinking about their levels of jujitsu... You would kind of feel that... Burns is probably a higher one. But yeah, Pieda takes him down. It's not playing... You know, land some good ground and pound as well. Now, obviously, Burns just ain't sitting there taking that shit. He's throwing up those legs looking for a sub, right? An arm bar, a triangle, you know, like whatever. He's looking for it. But Pieda is staying calm. You know, he he knows what uh, Burns is trying to do. And he just stops all of that shit, Right? So we go into the second round. Um, Burns, hey, he realizes first wasn't great. So I need to do something here. Comes out with a big overhand. And then it's straight into a friggin' takedown, which he lands. Okay, so you think, oh, this looks like it could be trouble, man. Looks like it could be trouble, you know? Um, but, hey, Pieda, he he's fighting to improve his situation, right? Um, now Burns, he's got a great top game. He's staying heavy. He's looking to control Pieda. Gets his back, you know. Gets his back, and we're like, "Ooh, this is dangerous, man." But Pieda's fighting it. Yeah, you know, you think, oh fuck, is he gonna reverse? It looks like he's gonna reverse, but Burns is nah, <laughs> not on my watch, son. Not on my watch. Stuffs it. But then shortly after, Vieira was just like, you know what? If first you can't succeed, try, try, and try again. That's what he does. Gets the reversal and then unleashes a ferocious ground and pound attack. He is really turning it on. And if that's not, yo, if that's not worse enough, he then gets the crucifix position. And he is elbowing the shit out of Burns' head. And you think, oh shit, Burns is escaping. Nope. Pieda then just, just, you know, he just sinks that shit up and just continues, continues the onslaught until the ref comes in and calls it. What a tremendous return to the UFC by Daniel Pieda. Man, he is Definitely gonna be happy about this shit. Definitely gonna be happy. Was it, yeah, it was great to see. Great to see. Because with the weight miss and everything like that, that I you know, I, it you just didn't want him to see it go sour, right? Because he's done all this work to come back after you know being out for so long, nearly ten years. So yeah, this was this was great, man. This was great. We then uh, go up for our second heavyweight clash. We had Junior dos Santos against Jazinho Rosenstruck. Interesting that they both 
You know, they both fight out of uh, American Top Team. You know, so it was just like, ooh, how is this fight going to be? You know what I mean? How is this one going to turn out, people? So it starts off a little bit cautious. You know, both know that the other is knockout power. So they're looking for those openings, right? Um, we see a, a, a lot of leg kicks getting exchanged. Uh, JDS, he's getting off a few headshots, you know, but Rosenstrike isn't able to land. Uh, he, he does catch a kick, though, right? Catches one of Junior's kicks, and he uses that. You know, he uses that to get in and land some shots. Right? But it was an interesting first round. And you kind of think that Junior's probably had the better of it. So going into the second, again, Junior is looking good. You know, he's showing good movement. He's landing some really good kicks. You know, it's impressive, right? But... uh you know, Rosenstrike, he, he's trying to corner JDS, right? He, he's trying to get up in him. And he's able to back him against the fence, right? Gets him up against the fence, lands a straight left. Stands a straight left that, you know, DeSantos eats. But he's fine. You know, he's not like, you know... Unconscious, he, he doesn't look like in, in a crazy bad situation. But Rosenstrike wings in a wide right, you know, and Junior isn't looking at it, right? So it catches him unaware, right? Because he's looking straight ahead, and um. Yeah, it's the it's the shots you don't see, right? Shots you don't see, people. So Dasani just goes down, and uh, Rosenstrike just unloads on him, unloads, and the ref has to jump in. So uh, yeah, feel bad for Junior, but hey, Rosenstrike was a solid victory. You know, it's. He didn't rush, right? Didn't rush, wasn't, you know, he didn't kind of do that thing that Ngano worried about, right? After the Stipe fight, you know, which made him mad gun shy in the Derek Lewis fight. But yeah, Rosenstrike didn't fall into that. Though we saw him, even when he was losing the fight, we saw him keep calm, looking for those openings. And when he gets them, ooh, then he is on you. Right? So, yeah, real good win for Rosenstrike. Interesting to see what happens. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, a uh, 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 kind of, you know, a Derek Lewis, you know, a Curtis Blades, you know, someone like that, 
you think that's the, uh, you know, the next step, you know, maybe he'll get a, um, Olenek or someone like that, possibly, don't know, it'll be interesting, I think a lot of the heavyweights do have, um, fights lined up, though, so, um, you know, I don't know, we'll see what happens with, uh, Rosenstrike, but I don't think Junior is done, you know, he didn't look really slow or, you know, just off or anything like that. So, um, yeah, Junior ain't done. So, again, it'll be interesting to see where where he goes from here. But, um, yeah, decent fight. Decent fight. But now we go to the co-main, you know, we've got Marlon Vera against Sugar Sean O'Malley. And O'Malley has looked sensational. Looks sensational. But you know that Vieira is no joke. Right? He He's a, a tough son of a bitch. He can choke you. He can knock you out. But very temperamental as well. So this was going to be a very good fight. And hey, from what we saw, it was interesting. Right, from the amount that we were able to see, it was an interesting fight. They were both landing some really good leg kicks, you know, like O'Malley was landing some good hands. Problem was, there was a a moment when O'Malley, you know, he he puts his foot down, and you just see his foot twist. Just being like in normal time, you see him stumble, right? But when they replayed the incident back, you just see his foot just twist in this way that you're just like, oh no, that's problematic. But even when you just saw it in real time, you just thought the way O'Malley kind of moved, right? You could see. Oh shit, this is a problem. Like, this is a problem. So, um, yeah, you, he, he's clearly done something to his leg. You know, you can see he's done something to his leg. And, um, yeah, I think, I forget if he went down from a Vieira a kick. Or if he just kind of fell over. But then Vieira gets on top. And Vieira landed a... I think he, it was like a hammer fist and then a huge elbow. Or maybe it was two elbows. But one elbow was real clean. Right? Real clean. But the thing is... It didn't knock O'Malley out. But the fight gets called off. The fight gets called off. Right? And... I think it, it, like, the fight got called because I think the ref could see that O'Malley's leg was fucked. You know, it was Herb Dean, right? And because O'Malley was stumbling, he fell over, I think, a couple of times. So you, you could see he was having issues with the leg. You could see the leg was a serious issue. And I think because when Vieira hit the elbows, right, 
O'Malley couldn't do anything. So he wasn't out. But where normally you'd see someone shrimping, you know, trying to, like, use their feet to, to get that leverage and buck, right? O'Malley couldn't because of his leg was fucked. So, like, you can see why... The fight was stopped from that point of view. Because it definitely wasn't stopped for the elbow. Because O'Malley wasn't out from the elbow. But it was an interesting, a very odd situation. Right? A real odd situation. Um, huge win for Vieira, for sure. Huge win for Vieira. And definitely for some dude that put... I think he put, like... What was it? Uh, I forget what they said, like 40 grand. And give us something like that. He put a 40 grand bet on Vera, which is insane. So, yeah, that that dude had a great night. Um, haven't heard anything, but all, all you could see was um, O'Malley was getting stretched out, right? And yeah, again, not for the elbow strike, but for the leg that was clearly fucked. So, uh, yeah, big shame, man. A real big shame. But um, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there, right? But it means we're into we're into the main event, the trilogy fight, right? To see what happens. Call me a V. Stipe Whoo Man it was like just The build up to this So freaking Pumped And this was an Interesting fight A really interesting Fight man So So Stipe started well Yo started well Got his jab off and like Corbier said at the, uh, you know, the press conference, he's gonna be going for the body, right? Even though Stipe tried to be all coy about it, you know, you knew he was gonna try and go for the body, and he did, right? But DC, yo, he just had those hammer shots, right? And like in the, you know, the second fight, DC was, you know, he was coming with the quick combinations. Though, and, and he's jabbing to the body. Like, DC was putting in some good work. Gets a takedown. Yeah, DC looked good. Right, so second round. It's all very back and forth. It's all very close. Right, it's all very close. Um, even in the third round, right, that was a clear Stipe round, right, um, and I believe it was Anik had said that DC usually takes off the third round, right, just to help with his pacing and everything like that, gives off the third round, and so you could see Stipe get a lot of, um, control time, on the fence, but he's not, like, doing mad damage or anything like that, you know, and DC, he does land some shots in that third round, right, 
So then going into the fourth, like the fourth round, you it's again it's back and forth, right? Problem is now um oh gosh, what I think it's in the second round. Um Stipe gets poked in the eye. And and what it was, it was like um so you see DC trying to keep his hands clear and everything like that. And for the most part, like he was but he backs off and his hand opens up and you just see Stipe moving forward and just kind of walk into the finger and it's just like ooh not great right not great um and for DC I think it was possibly at the end of the second round third round um he took an he took a finger in the eye Oh, and it was, like, to the knuckle, it was not good at all, not good at all, but you just see the way his eye blew up in the, um, you know, the moments between the third and the fourth round, and, like, he said something to Mark Goddard, and in that fight, Goddard just Goddard can be a patronizing ass, right? Because it was just like, listen, it was a fit. You got caught with a fist. Just you, you go back to your corner and concentrate on the fight. And you're just like, oh, Goddard, you can be such a dick. You know, he's a great ref, but you can be such a dick at times. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, even with that. DC had a good fourth round. It's very back and forth. But yeah, DC had a good fourth round. Uh, because you're thinking, oh, like, from this point out, DC is just going to get lit up. But he wasn't, right? Um, So going into the fifth, to be honest, I had it 2-2. Yo, I had it 2-2. And a lot of people were tweeting the same. You know, they felt it was close. It was probably 2-2 going into the fifth. Um, one Like, a thing T- Stipe was doing well was backing DC up, getting up against the fence, right? And, again, like, Stipe, he's not landing a lot of damage there, but he's getting up against the fence in Stipe's corner. So he, he was doing that a lot. Uh, in that fifth round, uh, it's like it's very close. It's very close. But you're thinking maybe Stipe gets it with um, just that forward pressure. You know, the pressure that he's putting on and everything like that. Uh, and so when the fight comes to a close, you know, they give it to Stipe, right? The margins, though, margins were kind of odd. Like, I think someone gave it four rounds to one. And it was just like, no. Right? Like, listen, I I can say, you know, Stipe probably just took that fight. You know, with, with, with the way he performed in that fifth round. You know? So, I'm not saying that the decision's a robbery. 
not saying the decision is a robbery at all, but I will say that the scoring that had me questioning things a little, right? Because it wasn't a blowout, it wasn't a blowout win. It was a close fucking fight. You know what I mean? But definitely a great victory for Stipe. And he put in some just really good strategy. You know? Some really good strategy. So, uh, yeah. Tremendous for, um, you know, Stipe. Just felt, yo, ah. Just... Man, so bad for DC. You just wanted DC to win. Well, I mean, I did. I wanted to see him win and walk off into the sunset. You know what I mean? But yeah, that was a shame. Like the injury to um, O'Malley was a shame. There was just some, you know, just heartbreak up in this fight, man. You know, but we saw some great fucking fights. It was awesome. Very late. We've seen some really good friggin' performances, you know, every friggin' week. So, yeah, it was awesome. And, um, you know, next week, we've got Frankie Edgar finally making his, um, you know, flyweight debut, no, bantamweight debut, right? Yeah. Uh, against um, Pedro Munoz. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. Cannot wait. You know, it's got a real good card. So, yeah, looking forward to that, people. Um, Yeah, so this UFC 252, tremendous card, tremendous fights, heartache, agony, joy. Had it all, people. Had it all. And, yeah... And next week we do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay, people. So, we have hit that time again. And we are coming to a close on another episode. So, a few things from uh, our, you know, weekend's event. Alright? So, the fight of the night... And I have to say, def- I definitely can't fault it. It goes to the first fight on the card. Kai Kamaka v Tony Kelly. Right? Great fight. The performance bonuses go to Viana JJ Roba for her um, submission of Felice Herring. And then Daniel Pienda for his TKO finish of Herbert Burns. And um yeah, they I think yeah, definitely all deserve. I'm sure Stipe is, you know, he's gonna be getting some sort of a little bonus on top of the huge amount he made in that fight. So yeah, everything was pretty gravy there. Um it's interesting. So Mark Goddard put out a statement, you know, and again, like Goddard, I think he's a great referee. He can just be so condescending, and um, you know, like his whole kind of thing. Hey, I put my hands up, and you know, I, but hey, I didn't see it. So what can I do? 
Right? Now, he wasn't like that even after his fuck up in the Dallas Philly fight back in the day. So, you know, Goddard, he can be a bit weird. Right? Um, no real word on Mo Malley. You know, what happened? Right? A lot of people are saying, oh, if you look at the tape, you know, um, Vieira landed a calf kick that did the damage. It's hard to, like, we don't know. You know I mean, like, listen, they were both throwing some real good kicks, and you do get damaged, right? But no one knows. All you could see is when, like, look, the foot can be damaged, but when O'Malley put his foot down, right, and it wasn't after a kick, but when he stepped forward and the foot went down, the foot twisted, right? That's all we do definitely know. So no one's trying to I don't feel anyone's trying to take away from Vieira It's Chio Vera He's a tough motherfucker But Yeah it was a, It was a freak it was, it was a freak situation There's no denying that But um Alright let's move on to some news Alright so um Because of the uh, You know the full a part of the um, um, Zabit, you know, the Zabit Yair fight. Um, it looks like Anthony Anthony Smith is now going to be the main event on that card on the 29th of August against Alexander Rakic. They were already fighting, um, but they moved be moved to the headliner. So, um, this is going to still, it's going to be a free rounder, you know, which I get, I get, you know, uh, some other really exciting news, all right, so, um, Ed Sherman, Ed Sherman, Ed Herman, he's fight with Gerard Marshall, that has been rebooked for the 12th of September, also, um, that night we're getting the reboot clash of uh, Michelle Waterstone and Angela Hill. That's a fight that was meant to be taking place on the 22nd of August. All right, so yeah, that's going to that. Um, no word on if that is going to be headlining still. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, this is just... Oh, my gosh. This is a really exciting. So, um... Oh, uh, what is the... Actually, actually... Well, yes, this one. Um, Cowboy Cerrone is going to be fighting uh, Nico Price on the 19th of September. Yo, that's gonna be a fight It's gonna be a crazy fight And you know what, yeah, Price is really good But I think Cerrone could win that fight You know, definitely The much talked about of late fight has finally been booked um, And uh, it's on the same card 
<laughs> so not only do we get Price v Bitsaroni, we also get Tyrone Woodley, Colby Covington, which, yeah, that will be the headlining fight, right? Um, now, the 19th of September was meant to be the date for UFC 253, but that has now been moved to the following week, right? So UFC 253, it will be happening on the 26th of September. It's official, Israel Adesanya is putting the title on the line against Paolo Costa. So, um, hey, that's fun. And that's not all, people. We have had some other fun fights announced for that card. So the co-main event, Kai Kara France against Brandon Roval. Uh, we're also getting uh, Claude Gadelia against Yan Chanan. And Hakim Dawada against Zubura Tagogov. So that's great. Also on that card, we've got Misrad Betik against Eduardo Gagori. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark against Sarah Alpa. Ketlin Vieira against Marion Ranu. Johnny Walker against Ryan Stan. Jordan Espinosa against David Duvark. Casey Kelly, Casey Kenny even, against Kylie Atalang, and Shamal Abarmakov against Cyril Gan. So, yo, UFC 253 is alert. Um, then, the Holly Holm v. Arani Aldana fight, that has now been rescheduled to the 3rd of October. So, um, yeah, they'll be headlining that card. Dustin Jacoby, who, um, hey, he returned to the UFC after last week's Contender Series. He has got a fight. He will be fighting Justin Ledet on the 31st of October. Um, also on that card, Morris Green, you know, the crochet, um, the crochet king. Think that's it right he's gonna be fighting um greg hardy i hate the prince of royal tag so we're not using that but yeah so that's fun um ian heinish v brendan allen that has now been rebooked for um the 7th of november and <laughs> so antine Antonina Shevchenko is going to be fighting Ariana Lipsky on the same card as her sister. Yep, that's right. She is fighting on UFC 55, which is the 21st of um, November. The same card that um, Valentina is putting her belt on the line against... Um, Oh god, the Brazilian girl that just beat Jojo and the name has completely escaped me. But yes, that is happening. You know what I mean? So um yeah, we've got a lot to look forward to people. Man, some good shit is happening. So um there we go. 
you know. Oh, also, um, I've just literally seen Edson Barboza against Sadiq Yusuf. That might be going down on the 10th of October. Yup. So, um, hey, some fun fight to look forward to, people. But that is us. Right, everyone's made weight for the Contender Series. So we are going to be back on Wednesday. And we will talk Contender Series. And break down Saturday's, uh, you know, that event. Munez v Edgar. And all the fun-ass fights on that card, people. So, um, yeah. We will see you on Wednesday. Alright? Peace. And don't sweat the technique.